Our thanks to Bill Curry Ford, home of the nationwide lifetime warranty on new and pre-owned vehicles. Bill Curry Ford, family owned for the last 60 years, a mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Go to the showroom or if you want to test drive, they will bring out a vehicle right to your home. So you don't have to interact if you don't want to. BillCurryFord.com is where you can start shopping. General Manager Sean Sullivan, great friend of JoeBucksFan.com, a great Bucks fan. He's going to give you a discount, and he wants to help you personally. Find Sean and all the great deals at BillCurryFord.com. Broadcasting from the ESPN Tallahassee Studios in Florida's capital city and in partnership with the JoeBucksFan.com podcasting network, this is the Scuttlebucks on 97.9 ESPN Radio. The Scuttlebucks with Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang is presented by Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's hometown Ford dealer for nearly 60 years and home of the nationwide lifetime warranty for new and pre-owned vehicles. BillCurryFord.com. Here's ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. to come to you after a honest-to-goodness playoff victory. That's right, Bucks fans. Welcome in. Scuttle Bucks. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Tampa Bay 31, Washington 23. On to the next. On to the next. A familiar foe in New Orleans. I guess we figured to get to this point. That one was a little bit too close for comfort. I won't stay mired in what just took place, but rather look ahead because the goal is wasn't to go and win a wild card game, but rather to make a real run to get to the Super Bowl. That was the stated goal when you brought in Tom Brady. Now, my partner and I here have had a little bit of a debate about whether or not it was a kind of a two-year grading system or a singular year. Uh, I think he's come around only because Tom Brady has proven beyond, uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt that he's got another year left in him. And that's fair. That's fair. You're presented with new information, and you're seeing a guy that is playing better at the end of a football season at age 43 than he played at the beginning of said season. That is rather remarkable, I must admit. Maybe that snake water actually works. Who knows? But I still am you know, saying that this season is a Super Bowl or bust season. You, you don't like I, – I know what you're talking about. If you can get one Super Bowl over the two years of Tom Brady, I agree with that. I didn't know how viable year two would look. Now it looks a hell of a lot better. I think it's more viable. I think they're going to increase their chances next year because they get, they've figured out some holes that they can fill now, and they're very obvious. They, they're, they're on film for the world to see. They're, we Remember, we had some things that we had to get better at beyond the quarterback position. So I always thought year one to me was make sure you're in it. You know, they go 11-5, and five, get to the playoffs, win a playoff game in these terrible you know, spells of not having been or won a playoff game. And now we can start considering the next step. Now, I wanted to make a run, and it's still very possible. As we sit here right now recording the Scuttlebox, I will say to you, Tom, despite what has happened in the last four meetings with New Orleans, despite what has had happened in the two meetings this year with New Orleans, I do think there's a distinct possibility Tampa Bay wins this game. It's not out of the realm of possibility at all. There are some things that got to change. We know that, lots of things for that matter. But it's entirely possible. So I'm not discounting their chances here. 
I'm not either, and because the way that offense looks, they found their balance, they found their rhythm uh, now against a true defense. Tom Brady graded out better than any quarterback in the NFL against this defense this year. Washington, then that is, yes. That is correct. And they're facing another good defense, but here's why it's important. That front four against Donovan Smith and, and bring, leaving in Gronk and, and all those little things, Tristan Wirfs in his first playoff game, how do all of these things look? How do they bear out? And are, is Tom Brady as comfortable against that front as he was against, say, the Vikings down the stretch or the Falcons twice down the stretch? It wasn't exactly as comfortable, but it was a hell of a lot better for him. The pocket was a hell of a lot cleaner than I thought it would be, and he was in rhythm throughout. He was the Buccaneers' best player. I don't know that there have been many games this season up to that point where you could say unequivocally Tom Brady was the Buccaneers' best player. You absolutely had to. You had no other choice but to say that Brady was the best player on Saturday. You know, we hinted at the end of the last Scuttlebucks that there was something that we did not want to overlook, and I brought it to the podcast saying, you know, sometimes, because I roll my eyes when people do this, but I do think it's necessary when you're talking about the greatest to ever do it and the, and, and the guy that's been to more playoff games and won more playoff games and more Super Bowls than anybody to ever do it. He's been in big moments time and again and prospered. You could not overlook the kind of calm that he could bring in the storm, the kind of experience necessary to overcome hiccups in a big game on the road in the playoffs for a franchise that is not accustomed to being there. And Tom Brady became that guy yet again. It did happen. I'm really excited to see that. We wondered about it all year long. It's the impact above and beyond the playmaking ability, the the intelligence, the work ethic, the leadership, the pinpoint accuracy, all those things. It's the understanding of how to go about playing a football game, taking your shots at the right times, calming people's nerves. Now, obviously, it didn't work in the case of Chris Godwin, who I'm going to go ahead and chalk that up to first playoff game ever, nerves, whatever you want to say it was. I don't know. That can't happen. There's no evidence prior to this past game against Washington that it's going to continue. Everything that we've seen on film over the course of his brief career in Tampa is that that's not who he is. He catches the football all the time. He is the most reliable receiver you have. He is the toughest receiver you have. He's all those things. He was terrible on Saturday night. So I'm going to need him to play a bigger role here and to play more consistent than he did in this last game. I suspect that he will now that he's got the nerves out. Well, just think about what this offense was two months ago and how it compares now. And some of the tenets of the Bruce Arians offense that, you know, we were wondering, all right, if we're really going to run B.A. system, if Tom has to learn those plays, well, will they stick to all of their core principles, which is, number one, you don't usually leave six or seven guys in to protect the passer. Fewer guys that are out there to make plays, Tom, in the routes. Remember that excuse that he made a couple years back? That was his reason. That was his credo, that mm. it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to do that. Well, look at the protections this past weekend. Gronk is in to block most of the time. That's why Cameron Brait scored so many catches in the open field, not just because of the matchup and where he is in the depth chart of potential weapons that could hurt you, but because Gronk was really busy blocking people. And have you seen some of the clips of the work that Gronk did on Chase Young? Oh, it's awesome. My God. One-on-one -on -one situations, he's driving him back three and four yards. We've said all year long it wasn't just what he brought to the table as a receiver. In fact, early in the season, I questioned that that would be an awful lot. And then later he proved me wrong. We always knew he could block. We always knew that he was a devastating blocker. In fact, that was the element of his game that made him a Hall of Famer. It wasn't just that he was an impossible matchup and could really run for his size. It's that he could break you as a blocker in addition to being an elite receiver for a tight end. So 
we got that. We've gotten the whole package from Gronk this year. He's been fantastic. Another tenant of the offense for Bruce is long developing routes. You got to hang in there. That's not the case anymore. Yes, there are some throws down the field, and Brady does have time to make throws down the field, but there are options that Brady can use right away. He can get the ball out of his hands if he wants to, if he wants to get the offense in the rhythm. A lot of coaches, especially uh, Jimbo Fisher up here in Tallahassee, but you hear NFL coaches talk about this too, it's that first first down on any given drive that gets you going. And Brady looks more in rhythm, getting the ball out of his hand early in a drive to set the tone for what's about to happen. It's a completely different look. You, his body language is comfortable. His eyes never look lost. His arm looks loose and free. And that was even in the cold up in the nation's capital. Guess what? They're indoors this weekend. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the weather. You have to worry about a team that has owned you. The combined score of the two games played this year between Tampa Bay and New Orleans, 72-26. to 26. Those are ass-kickings. Uh, the offense for Tampa Bay is very different than it has been in either of those two meetings. If you want to go back a ways, this matchup's been ugly, 137-67. to 67. Uh, If you look at our offense, Tampa Bay's offense against New Orleans, it's never scored more than 24 points in the Arians era here so far. So, And even then, it was a garbage time touchdown to get to that point. Uh, they have also turned the football over excessively in the two years that Arians been here, 10-2 to two, uh, in, in turnovers for the Bucks and the Saints. So that doesn't give you much of a chance to win. Uh, we've also, Tampa Bay, Todd Bowles' defense, has not held New Orleans to below 27 points. So really every way you could look at this matchup, the Bucks have lost it. They've gotten owned. It's been an ugly set of circumstances. But here's what's changed dramatically. And we yelled it and we talked about it. We screamed it. We pounded the table and said, when is it going to change? And it's changed. So I'm very interested to see how this plays out. Six play-action passes against New Orleans in the first matchup. Three in the second game. That's not who we are any longer. Post by Tampa Bay is heavy on play action. And that is the other tenet of the offense, right? That is more of a New England thing. Pre-snap motions, leaving guys in the block, quick routes, using the play action. Yes, they've blended these two concepts together, and they've blended them together to the point where number 12 at age 43 looks like he's 32 years old again. And that's great news because you're going to have to outscore New Orleans, I think. Unfortunately, as much as Drew, uh, Drew Brees has a pop-gun arm, as you like to say. He does. Tampa's defense, until further notice, they're going to drop back and allow easy completions underneath. And if well, that's the case against lose. New Orleans, they're going to score at will. Yeah, they're going to lose the game if they do that. There's no way that Todd – I'd take my chances with guys that maybe I don't trust as much because you have overwhelming evidence that that does not work. You've already done it time and again. It does not work. It worked for Heineke. Yeah, it does not work, and it certainly doesn't work against Drew Brees. Credit Jenna Lane. Uh, Red Hurt tweet the other day. Uh, in fact, it reads, I'll pull it up right this here. This is a good tweet. Drew Brees' completion percentage drops from 74.6%, which is an alarmingly high percentage, uh, when both outside cornerbacks are playing off coverage compared to 57% when both are pressed. Two-man coverage has also given him the most problems of any defensive coverage. The, 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 again, this isn't rocket science. Science. We, we, we've got to stop allowing for the easiest throws for an offense that's predicated on the short, quick passing game. That's what Drew does anymore. They, 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 they throw everything underneath, a lot of crossers, a lot of, a lot of quick outs, a lot of those kinds of routes. And then when you come up to try to stop it, it's the only chance he has to load up and throw the ball down the field and try to right. get you to bite. But you, you've got to take that away and then make him 
move from his spot, but also get out of his comfort zone. Those are yeah. easy throws to make for an incredibly accurate Hall of Fame quarterback. So the question is, with Devin White now being back in the fold, and he was activated on Monday, um, what do you use him primarily for? To handle Kamara, especially as Kamara releases into routes and in coverage, or do you have him bring as many pressures as he possibly can up the middle because Breeze hates the pressure from the A gap or the B gap. If it's exterior pressure, all he does is climb because his guards are so good and they have been for a long time. But if it's the interior, and this is where we miss Vita Via terribly, he hates that. That's when you see wobbly passes, you see him take terrible sacks, you see his eye level drop. So how do you deploy Devin White coming off of a COVID? Uh, I mean, you got to actually see what his stamina is like during the week in practice too, and that'll probably inform the decision. But coming off of a COVID hiatus, how do you use him? I don't know, but I'll tell you what. You can't do what you did in the matchup the last time we faced the Saints in Week 9, which was embarrassing. That was a cover three. We were 8 to 10 yards off the ball. We dropped upon the snap. Over 50% of the time we were in zone. That cannot happen, Tom. It was an embarrassment, and obviously the game was out of control in a real hurry. Yeah, we were only discovering the problems on defense at that point, and I believe it was the Scuttlebucks after that particular game where we said, did they even game plan at all? Because remember how awful the offense was? They didn't hit uh, 10 carries in the game until I think maybe like a a late situation. I mean, it was the flow of the game. They had the fewest carries in NFL history since the merger in a game. It was bizarre. And the defensive line was causing havoc against our O-line to the point where you had even a lucky interception on a screen pass. This O-line has come leaps and bounds since then, but then the other question would be at right guard. What the hell does that look like? Because it got worse the moment that Kappa went out. Kappa's been a bit of a revelation this year. He goes from being a viable backup to somebody that you really could depend on to play well for you. And now that he's out, obviously you got real problems. You got to move some guys around. Um, all credit to you know Ted Larson coming in there and doing the best he could. But he, he you know, he's he's a, a you know a backup for a reason. He's a backup center. Bruce had talked about it. They they had him on not Stinney, but they had Larson activated for that game in case Jensen couldn't go, in case there was an issue there because they needed a second person who could snap yeah, the ball. Yeah. He was not supposed to come in and play guard, and, and it he showed. had to do it. Yeah, yeah, it showed, and and he got taken advantage of, and he will. I mean, he's a ten year vet. He's he's forged a career for himself. But you know, we certainly wouldn't call him an elite lineman. He's not. He's a guy you throw in in a pinch at center, certainly not at guard, and he's going to get exposed. Oh, I got I went crazy watching him because he's a childhood friend of mine and i hope he and the family are doing well but um it was just because it's an underdog moment you're like come on yeah against this yeah. d-line do what you can and the first five to ten plays he looked fine but then once they realized they could pull an inside spin uh, it him. was it was game over yeah and they could twist at him and all that kind of stuff a couple yeah. sacks later you knew we're gonna have to figure something out yeah. so um you know that's all right hey man he and they're doing some things, and not, not, not personal against him, but I don't want him on the field this weekend at any position. Get you a ring, Teddy. Let Brady go get you a ring. <laughs> uh, Lee DeKipper, JoeBucksFan.com, the website. He's going to join us next. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang.
LeadingKemperJoeBucksFan.com, the website. You hear that music, you know we're about to talk about uh, the game with him. In fact, the Bucks coming off a playoff win, and away we go. Now facing the Saints, the team that won the division and the team that has beat up on the Bucks uh, most recently and thoroughly. It is frustrating. Lee, first of all, welcome in. We get to talk after a Bucks win. Not an easy win. Rather frustrating game to watch. A non-existent pass rush and a player playing the game of his life, probably never to be matched by Heineke again. But nonetheless, kudos to him. A win, though, is a win, and we can celebrate it because it ends a long drought. Jeff, how you doing, man? Yeah, you're right. Um, a very frustrating win. A nail-biter, actually, if you think about it. Too much so. And honestly, it shouldn't have been that way. should have been a blowout. Now, I might be able to do a little spin job here and say, you know, the Bucks, uh were handcuffed a little bit. Having said that, having said that, Todd Bowles is getting all these interviews. He interviewed with the Lions. He's interviewing with the Falcons. He's got one scheduled with the uh, Eagles. I'm not going to lose sleep if he goes. I'm not going to, you know, I've been a, sort of a big bowl supporter, but he's done a bad job this year. He's done a bad job. And if a freaking backup XFL quarterback throws at will on you with receivers wide, rear end open all night long, I mean, none of these guys were pro bowl receivers. And one of my pet peeves was, and my business partner, Steve Isbitt, wrote about this on JoeBucksFan.com. At one point, there was a third and six. Redskins, or excuse me, Washington had the ball at midfield. Third and six. Bulls has Carlton, or not Carlton Davis. He's got Jamel Dean playing nine yards off the receiver. You're giving him a first down. You're literally, that's Mike Smith kind of crap. And between that and the disappearance of the pass rush, um, I'm frustrated with both. I'm frustrated. You can't blame this on Vita Via. You can't say, well, Vita Via is gone. He's been gone for a couple of months, dude. Adapt, adjust, overcome. And uh, so I'm, you know, this, the past month, the defense hasn't been that good. The secondary has regressed with the exception of Winfield. And if he gets one of these jobs, I'm not going to, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. I, I mean, I like Todd. Do I think he's a better uh, defensive coordinator than the Smiths? Of course. But, right, and to be honest, the way his defense is playing, you got to be crazy to hire him as a head coach. It's interesting with Todd Bowles because I think there are real upsides uh, to to yeah. him as, as a coach, but there are also weaknesses that have been on display, and it is very frustrating. I certainly can't blame a man for wanting to be a head coach uh, and, and for taking no. those interviews. I can't blame him, for example, if he went – you know, to Philadelphia, he he played college football there, and he knows the city well. Um, and so, if they offer an interview, you got to take it. But at the same time, your points are absolutely spot on. Tampa Bay, and and you know what, this leads me to the next matchup, Lee. Uh, they've been playing off coverage uh, for some time now, giving away yards, and it has been so frustrating not to see them play press man and 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 really force the issue for quarterbacks. Uh, th- these are all pitch-and-catch moments for guys. You really remove any question mark that they might have pre-snap. That's been frustrating. They have not been able to get home. Now, again, they get some important pieces back this week. 
I gotta believe that they're going to do something different. When you've played the two games that you have against New Orleans this year, and those have totaled seventy-two to twenty-six, and you have not held New Orleans under twenty-seven points in any game, and you have watched Drew Brees pop gun arm light you up. Well, I think you got to know you have to do something to force him out of his comfort zone. I'd be shocked, and I think you would be too, if Todd Bowles didn't employ. Uh, a more varied defense this weekend. You're right. I'd be shocked. And to be fair, to be fair, whenever Arians, and by the way, I, I, I applaud Arians for his candor. He even unloaded on the defense in his post-game remarks. You know, he, so, but I've noticed there's, there's a pattern here with the Bucks. That's a good pattern, in a sense. Whenever there's something that's glaringly wrong, and it's so bad that even Arians talks about it, it gets resolved. You know, at one point it was the prime time game. Well, I think they're past that now. Uh, at one point it was the blocking. Well, you know, offense point did a pretty good job blocking of late, especially especially on the Saturday night. And Arians, as I stated earlier, he went off on the defense in his post game remarks. So I I would think just you know in recent history, recent history being this fall that. Um, They'll get that corrected, or at least to a degree, they'll get that corrected. And then you get some important parts back. Uh, so I think the defense will be better. I hope Arians has come to the conclusion that this might be a shootout. So points are at a premium, and in that respect, I think the Bucks need to score 40 to have a shot. I really do. I really do. It's you know, very similar to the Fitzpatrick Breeze shootout a couple years ago to open the season. I, it very well come, could come down to that. So if that's what you have to do, that's what you have to do. And, hey, they've got the weapons, which leads me to my next point real quick. It was a frustrating, frustrating game to watch. But they didn't use all their weapons, if you think about it. Gronk only had one target. They held him back to block. Okay, fine, that's great. But here's a, if, if, not potentially, he will be a Hall of Fame tight end. He only had one target. So he basically was not even used. Uh, as a pass receiver, number one. Number two, Godwin had a fluke game, no doubt about it. Four drops, I think he has four drops in his career. So you, you have to figure, at best, he's going to improve there. So you had two of your best weapons that weren't really that effective, especially in the second half. I know Godwin had a touchdown early on, but he was a non-factor in the second half because of his drops. Gronkowski was a non-factor because they didn't use him. So those are two good things that, you know, hey, the Bucks can use this week, which they maybe didn't use to their uh, fullest extent this past game. So um, I, I, I'm looking for a shootout. I really am. And I hope Arians thinks that way, too, only because if the defense does not improve, they're going to need 40 points. One thing to get excited about, though, if that plays out or some semblance of what you think has to happen for the Bucks to win plays out, you're armed with a quarterback who's proven beyond a shadow of a doubt at age 43 that he still can carry a team to victory. And that, to mm -hmm. me, was, again, revelatory compared to what I thought he might be around the middle of the season, where this thing was headed, and what we were worried about when you got to the season's conclusion. Older quarterbacks, late in the year, all that sort of thing usually adds up to less zip on a throw, not more zip. Right now, he makes all of the throws. He's got touch, 
accuracy, hits the deep ball, checks down well. He's doing everything you have to do to guide an offense to victory. He's not turning the football over. When he gets opportunities to make a defense pay, he does that. He really has been in total control and at ease as of late within this offense. So they've got a very different-looking offense going into this game against New Orleans than they had in the first two meetings. And that includes... That includes the X's and O's. They seem to have found a common ground. One thing for sure, and I know they've talked about it, it's well documented, and you can look at any number of advanced metrics to find this reality, and that is they're throwing off a play action. They never threw off a play action in the first two games against New Orleans. Now, they were getting blown out in the second one, so you really can't really you know use that. But I think it was three play action passes in that game, six in the one before it. Post-buy, Tampa Bay has utilized motion and play-action passing and watched their offense soar. This is a different offense this week going against the Saints than they faced uh, against Tampa Bay in those last two meetings for sure. Very much so. And I think part of the reason it's changed is, and, and there was some speculation about this, and it's pretty much been proven out, they were sort of having, they sort of had a vanilla offense waiting on Antonio Brown to not just get in shape, get his sea legs up, to get his sea legs back, but learn the offense. Now he knows the offense. Now he has his sea legs back, and they've been able to turn everybody loose. And as you pointed out, they're doing a lot more play action, they're doing a lot more motion, and the results have been staggering. Absolutely staggering. I want to say, I, I can't remember the specific number, but there's only been two quarterbacks the last four games have thrown for over 320 yards each game, um, Pat Mahomes and Brady. And the funny thing is, the funny thing is the worst game, quote-unquote, the worst game Brady's had in the last four games, he threw for 348 at Detroit. He was pulled at halftime. <laughs> quote-unquote, his worst game. And yeah, uh, Saturday night, he could have had 400 easy of bucks for the drop. He could he he ended up what three eighty one of yeah, yeah. and he so he easily could have had four hundred and you know here's a forty three year old quarterback in the playoffs could have had four hundred yards that's that's yeah you know, that's not supposed to be happening but thank goodness it is and thank goodness it is on for a bucks forty three year old quarterback hey so on that note and I know that you know the hyper focus of course is on the pending game against New Orleans as it should be but can I ask you this I know it was on your website and I know a lot of caught a, a lot of attention from Bucks fans as it should. You know, Tom and I have talked about up here on, on my show about could you approach Tom Brady at some point before the draft and say, listen, we, we couldn't be happier with what you've done. I mean, maybe even extend him because I really didn't think that we'd get more than two years. But the way he's playing right now, you could maybe get next year and one more year. I don't know. Uh, he looks great, and he seems to be playing with great confidence and enthusiasm. And, of course, physically he's there. Could you draft a quarterback like Mac Jones, who Bruce Arians commented about uh, already this week and, and t- talking about his fit with the Bucks, and have Brady groom his future replacement? I know that egos oftentimes don't allow for that around the National Football League, going all the way back to, well, you can go really a, a, a good ways back, but if you want most recently, you know, Favre wouldn't help Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers wasn't really happy when they drafted a quarterback. You saw it with Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. We've seen it before with Brady in New England. A lot of times, guys, uh, they take umbrage to the idea that you're drafting their future replacement. But at his age, if you were to kind of approach him, what do you? How do you think that would work if they were to take a Mac Jones late in the first round? 
Well, uh, I'll, 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 I'll uh, touch on the Brady stuff first. Brady's always said his goal was to play to 45. Right now, it looks, sure looks like he can. Yeah, it does. I would, you know, I, I'd approach him, hey, we're going to extend you. We'll uh, extend you to 45, and if you're cool with it, we'll put it in a team option for 2000, was it uh, 24? Mm-hmm. Maybe 45? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, we'll have a team option for 224. If you want to do that, we'll do that. The only condition we have, though, and, and uh, you know, he's a smart guy. He's like, we would like to draft a quarterback, but you're our number one, Terry M. Sent. We just want this guy to be ready whenever you retire, or, or God forbid, you have an ugly injury and it, it uh, leads you to re- uh, an earlier retirement. Yeah, and who better and who better lead to teach a young quarterback than the greatest to ever do it? I mean, it's in a way, it's flattering to him. You're saying to him, "Look, we recognize that we've got you know we we've got the best to ever do it right here in our midst. We'd be crazy not to take advantage of all of your skill, all of your acumen, all of your knowledge, uh, and and help us down the line." We're not saying he's pending you know to replace you anytime soon. Just that we gotta we gotta look ahead at our future four and five years from now. Yes, and uh, I'll I'll go one further there. And it's not so much that Brady would have to teach these guys, but Steve and I have been banging the drum for about, you know, ever since they signed Brady. Steve and I have been banging the drum, the very same thing you're talking about, draft the quarterback. Yes, he could, just by by observing Brady, you're observing the master. You're observing the master. So clearly, just by watching the master, you're going to pick up on things you probably never, ever would pick up on. Correct. That's obvious, number one. Number two, the Bucks supposedly have the greatest collection of quarterback minds on the team. Aarons is known for developing quarterbacks. This Chris supposedly is such a good fundamental coach for his footwork and things like that. And then there's Tom Moore, who's long known throughout the NFL as a quarterback guru. So you've got a collection of quarterback minds that no other team has. You obviously got Brady, who no other team has had. San Francisco and the Fort and and the and Montana or should say Chiefs, it, it, it just it just screams draft the quarterback. You couldn't have a a better um, embryonic foundation to develop a quarterback than what you have now between Brady between the coaches. I mean, it's perfect. Well, let's just worry about the rest of this year and all of next, and we'll you know kind of gauge everything else along the way. In the interim, we've got games to worry about, and there's a big one against the Saints this weekend because the Bucks were able to secure a playoff win, which is always exciting. My brother, we'll talk soon. We'll talk after this game, no matter what. Be well, sir. Go Bucks. Hey, go Bucks. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Have a good one. You too. Lita Kemper, JoeBucksFan.com. Might mention, by the way, that our friends at Bill Curry Ford help sponsor the Scuttle Bucks. In fact, uh, we got to give them an awful lot of love, and that includes General Manager Sean Sullivan. Uh, he's ready to work for you, and he's ready to work with Scuttle Bucks fans and listeners uh, personally in a way that you don't usually get. That includes service and uh, and and help there with their body shop. The whole deal. Start the uh, uh, start the new year right. Go to BillCurryFord.com. Swing on by the showroom there. You can get Sean Sullivan's email. Ask him anything you want about buying or leasing a Ford truck or SUV and more. He'll write you back, I promise. That's BillCurryFord.com. Come back. We'll respond to some of that and also look ahead to the game on the Scuttlebucks. I smoke all the 
look like smoking Joe Fraser, the Hellraiser. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Look, the bottom line is the Bucks have to do something different if they expect to have success against the Saints this go-around. I suspect they will employ different tactics. I know they will offensively because that's now who they are. But what do we see from Todd Bowles in this defense that's different? Because they've been picked apart. It has allowed the Saints to have a lot of success, possess the football, and dominate these two games this year and really dating back some time we we have watched the Bucks not really adjust to Drew Brees's inability to consistently beat you down the field Drew Brees wants to check down that's what he is now now he's incredibly accurate he is smart he is a guy that can hurt you in a lot of ways with that veteran leadership and intelligence and understanding what he's looking at but boy you really can't make it that easy for him when you're playing six to eight yards off the ball and then upon the snap retreating uh it plays into his hands it plays into most quarterbacks hands including those that have been backups in the xfl it especially plays into a hall of fame quarterback's hands you've got to believe we're going to see something different uh in this football game i believe that and i actually think it's going to be a close football game unlike the other two where to begin with the questions well the first one was kind of close brady's pick six was one thing that killed us in that game the opener um if you think about it the way the offense for the saints went up and down the field they really didn't there was one drive and it had a lot of tricks and gadgets to it and and that gets interesting too the battle between bruce arians incompetence in certain situations and and sean payton's ego to call trick plays or gadgets when you know standard offense is working so we'll see what gives a little bit more but the first question I have about the defense is, is Carlton Davis broken? Is he broken? Like, is he mentally shot? Is it that physically he's not 100%? He's is not, it a combination he, he of the two? He hasn't been healthy at all. But ever since the Tyreek Hill debacle in that first quarter, in that first half in <laughs> that Kansas could, City. That could, that could break you. I mean, he was like diving out of bounds away from tackles. Do you remember? I mean, like, he was completely mentally fried in that game. And so with Michael Thomas being back and healthy, and he's a matchup nightmare in and of himself. Uh, obviously, he was getting up to speed last weekend, an early touchdown catch in that Bears uh, and Saints game, and it was, you know, I think 5 for 75 for the yeah. game for him. His targets are going to go way up. Do we have guys that are just going to get picked on in this situation by Breeze? Uh, is Jared Cook going to create all kinds of matchup nightmares for our linebackers? Who comes up and, and guards him? He seems to be a problem every time these two teams meet. There's just so many fundamental questions about the defense that you hope that the Buccaneers offense does produce somewhere between 35 and 40 points. Cause I, I agree. I think it's going to take probably that many. I would also say that we're fundamentally a different offense than we were either time that we played the saints this year. Oh, they could. Yeah. I, I think it's possible. Uh, I was, listen, there's a lot of things that go into not only the the way they're playing right now offensively. The first thing that comes to mind is you're scoring more points. Your quarterback looks better. You're protecting him. All of those things. You're hitting your shots downfield. I get all that. Those are the aesthetics and the results. Possessing the football and keeping the Saints off the field will help your defense immensely. We didn't do anything like that in the first game. It was three and out, three and out, three and out, three. And out. I mean, second game, three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. You're gonna get your doors blown off in that situation. So. Being more efficient, having more weapons and options, a greater comfort level for the greatest to ever do it under center, 
means I think the Bucks are going to be at the very least more proficient between the 20s. We'll see what they do in the red zone. But that's going to keep this Saints offense off the field to give this defense a chance to rest so you can play more aggressive because you're not going to be out there for an excess number of stats, uh, snaps. I, they've got it. Listen, they have figured out a way to utilize Leonard Fournette in this offense in a way that neither you or I saw coming. We we go back to before the season began upon the acquisition. We were very excited about certain aspects of his skill set. Then the season happened, and all of a sudden, he didn't block. He couldn't catch. These were things that, well, at least from the catching standpoint, you knew he could do. He was always a terrible blocker, but you thought he'd hit the hole hard and run downhill. He didn't play physical. That was upsetting. He didn't catch the football. That was very upsetting. Now he's doing those things. He's running hard. He's running smart. He's catching the football. So he's an added weapon. Obviously, with what you just saw, you know, yeah, you have a healthy Mike Evans, pretty healthy. He looked good to me in this game. Uh, Mike Evans, you're going to have Godwin, who I can't possibly believe he'll have another game like that with the drops. He's too good for that. He's never shown us any evidence of that prior. Knock on wood. You do have Gronk. You do have Cameron Brait. You've got an excess of weapons here you got to, at the very least, make this a game into the second half. The Saints have antied up. Depending on where you look, the salary cap number for them next year is bananas. In the neighborhood, they'll manipulate it of $100 million over the cap. Why do I bring that up? All of the pressure in the world is on them to win this game. This is Drew Brees' last year. We know it. We understand that half that team is gone. They're staring 6-10 and 10 in the face for the next four years. They've got to win now. Put game pressure on them into the second half. Have Brady playing well, who, as you well know, when he is, he's a stone-cold killer. He ain't going to be nervous. So when it's time to go get it, are we tied at 21 in the fourth quarter with the Saints recognizing that this is it, that's all? You either win or that's it. I hope so. Yeah, This offense can score its way to the Super Bowl. I don't know if they could score their way past a matchup with the Ravens right now because of the way the Bucks look against mobile quarterbacks. Get there, or the right. yeah, yeah. But the point is they could score their way past this opponent. They could. And that's where if I'm managing the game and you're putting you're laying the pieces out on the board, a couple of things. Number one, on offense, Lattimore is going to take out Evans until further notice. That just always happens, right? So those two cancel each other out. Okay. Now you've got four other weapons on every play. I like the Bucks' chances. You know, with those Evans, four weapons. you're allowed to win the matchup once is, in your career. But you I'm, could, I'm you could do that. He could, but I'm not banking on it. and I'm not scheming for it <laughs> because it, the history. If I try and scheme around that, then I'm an idiot and I deserve to be fired. I understand. I'm just saying it's it's not it's not a given. It's not set in stone that your Hall of Fame receiver has to get his ass kicked every time he faces this guy. God forbid five catches for sixty yards. We can all do backflips together. That'd be great. But the other thing is defensively. Take more chances. This offense is a weapon. Yes. Complimentary. This is almost like a college game. Take more chances because if you can create a more turnover or two, well, worst case, it's more possessions for your offense. God forbid the ball's back in Tom Brady's hands because you give up, up an a quick score ball. or whatever. Yeah, you're going to have the ball back. gives a damn, especially if it provides you the opportunity for some splash plays with a turnover, a sack that changes the course of the game, maybe a short field one time. When the margin is this thin, that could make all the difference in the world. Well, and you avoid the slow, agonizing death of watching somebody run, you know, 12 to 14 play drives all afternoon and accumulate 70-plus snaps with underneath throws five and six yards off the line of scrimmage. It's absurd. Nobody's saying take chances to get down like you did against the Chiefs, but I'm banking that the Buccaneers' offense is going to be the offense that we've seen the last three, four, five weeks because, 
against that Washington defense, they did perform at that high of a level. And that gives me hope that this offensive line, along with Gronk, if you had to deploy him as a blocker again, do it. Do it. Who cares? You brought him here for all aspects of what he brings to the table, and that is a big part of what he does. Gives me hope that Cam Jordan can be stoned on the outside in the pass rush game. It gives me hope. I didn't have any entering the Washington game after seeing what I saw against Sweat and Chase Young. I think, I think that Cam Jordan can be contained. I would also note that I was stunned to watch Tampa Bay average nearly five yards a carry running the football in that game against Washington. Yeah. That you could have given me a mini guess, many guesses, and I would have not come up with five yards per carry. It will help to have Rojo back because Fournette's been better. There's no doubt about that, and what he gives you as a pass catcher but is really important. But then you important. don't have to rely on Keyshawn Vaughn. Correct. Yes. That's one thing. And the other thing is Fournette plays well in spurts. There's also a drive or two a game where you're like, good would God. you hit the hole? Yeah. It's the old it's the old Leonard Fournette. But if you had give him give me ten carries, everything you got, and I'll give Rojo the rest. And you're gonna get three or four catches. That should be the role for him. And hopefully uh, it was a quad that Rojo injured before the game, and then Bruce said that there was a calf injury as well. And then he had co- I mean, Jesus, he's got to get that together. You got to get that tightened up. This is a big game. <laughs> got to get that tightened up. You got to get your COVID together, buddy. No, I know. No, the three, I mean, it's just like one thing after I the know, other. I know. What I know. in the hell? You may, you may want to hold him out <laughs> until the next game. I know this. I felt bad for Keyshawn Vaughn because he helped turn the game uh, back in favor of Washington briefly because there's a guy whose suddenness when he does play is evident, but you can't turn the ball over. And he's had a couple games this year where he's so obviously a rookie that it's frustrating because you want him to grow up in a hurry. And, you know, you could tell he was devastated. Um, if you could get something out of him, that'd be great. I can't rely on it, though. He he almost single-handedly turned that game in favor of Washington because that was a huge fumble in the third quarter. And yep. uh, he didn't – I don't think he played again the rest of the night, did he? I don't um, think so. I would not have put him back out there either. That was That's all we needed to see there. But uh, you're going to need somebody else is the point at running back besides mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette. McCoy wasn't available last week either. You're going to have to have somebody else besides Leonard Fournette. So. And then you got to scheme it up to help Stinney at right guard. And, uh, you know, whatever twist they pull, maybe that's a, like Cam Jordan's not going to line up across from Tristan Wirfs thinking he's going to win his fair share of downs. No, so he was proven uh, more than once in the first meeting that that wasn't going to happen. Correct. So what kind of game can they isolate on right guard? And do the Bucks have an answer for that? My answer would be Leonard Fournette in those situations, acting like a missile into the chest of, of whoever that is. It's a fun thing to be a fly on the wall for a descriptor from an assistant coach or an offensive coordinator. Now, Leonard, your only goal here is to impale the opposing defensive tackle with your mass of humanity. I want you to run as hard as you possibly can, seek and destroy. Messages will be sent. Thank you, big dog. We'll remember this for any bonus that maybe we're considering for the offseason before you move on or you stay with us. And if we call on you in a third and two and like you, you want the 20-yard run, but no, you can take I the, want three, the three, I want the missile approach yeah. for the three. Now, Would you stop shuffling your damn feet? Look at you. Look yeah. in the mirror at yourself. You're a monster. Play like a monster. You know, I'm tempted, Tom, as we round out the show. I really am. I do think the Bucks have a little something waiting on New Orleans here. It is a different Tampa Bay Buccaneer team than we saw in Week 9 that showed up impotent, that embarrassed themselves nationally. They are not that team right now. At the same time, the trend has been that Sean Payton will coach circles around Todd Bowles and this Buccaneers coaching staff as a whole. And it's hard to doubt that he won't do it again when he's proven it time and again. I think he's one of the best coaches in football. I have no reason to believe he won't have something waiting on Tampa Bay. I'm, I'm going to guess that he's assuming Tampa Bay does something different this time around. I mean, 
good Lord, how many times can you hit your head against the wall expecting for a different result? So I don't trust our coaching staff versus him. Uh, I do trust our personnel more this time around than I have in recent memory. Uh, I think it's a close game. <laughs> I can't. I, I, I can't bring yourself to do it. I can't bring myself to do it. I just can't bring myself to do it. I our defense has got to play worlds better than it has for the Bucks to have any chance. The offense will play better. Yeah. I'm sure of that. I just don't know what I can expect from Todd Bowles in this defense at this juncture. Here's the thing about New Orleans: sometimes they ease their way into the game. And that is something that the Bucks have been knocked for uh, from about, I don't know, week 9 to week 13, mm-hmm. right? You know, slow starts, first quarter ineptitude, not scoring a touchdown the first quarter in two months of football, whatever it is. The Saints, if I'm a Saints broadcaster, analyst, fan, I'm like, we better not start slow. That Tampa offense looks different now. They're doing different things at a higher level of efficiency. So if you can get a stop early and set the pace, and get, it's not the Superdome that's sold out. It's just no, an indoor no. – this is the combine you're playing in with a guy going third down at the top of his lungs. That's it. That's all. That's the only extra noise that you're going to face in this situation. So many things favor Tampa in that way. I like how it favors Devin White to missile downhill. I mean, that guy That's, being back in the lineup is a difference maker. Uh, messages sent. I just am so in love with the idea, and I said this on the weekday show, that Tom Brady and Bruce Arians can come together for as many Super Bowls as Sean Payton and Drew Brees have. They can equal the number of the Brees-Payton Super Bowl count in one season, and we can look at the Saints. That's Schadenfreude talking, though. You just want that uh, you you want that boost of ego oh, to be able Sean to tell. Payton, what a great coach. My God, and Drew Brees, an all-timer. And you have over a decade of time to get the job done. You've got yeah. one measly Super Bowl appearance and a win, but one measly appearance to show for it. You know why you got there? Because you had pick sixes every single weekend and bounty gate in the NFC Championship in that season. And yet here come the Bucks strolling down the lane, ineptitude for since 2008, and we could equal them. And this would be the pathway to get there. Would be a win. Is on that Sunday. enough to make you pick it? Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> because it's about damn time the petty oh, comes out. I would and me like as a it. fan. Yeah. All right. Here's a little petty for you. I'll join you. We'll take the bucks because who the hell cares? I mean, at the end of the day, most people don't remember that. We're talking next week anyway. Yeah, and you're damn sure uh, right. If you just thought to yourself, they'll replay that clip in which they both picked the bucks. If the Bucks win, if they don't, you won't hear that clip. That is accurate. That is that is accurate. Also, go Rams because if the Rams win and the Bucks win, hey, Ray J doesn't just host the Super Bowl and yeah. host the NFC Championship game. Our, our thanks one more time to our friends at Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's first family of Ford on Dale Mabry Highway. We really appreciate their support of the Scuttlebucks. Go by and see them. Obviously, the best deals in the business on a brand-new Ford truck. Also, BillCurryFord.com. A word from the bottom of my heart, man. I really do appreciate the relationship that Bill Curry has with Joe Buck's fan and the podcasting network because I've been allowed to talk hockey in Tampa. That's true. On JoeBucksFan.com for years, and they're supporting us extra through the playoffs as well, so we thank them for their sponsorship. Yep, good times. Good work out of you, sir. Thanks to all of you for listening. Go Bucks. We'll talk to you again next week. Peace. Shoot. Shoot.